I'm not sure exactly where this lesson is going to go, but I have some ideas and it will go somewhere. Let's pray. We'll get started. Father, we uh, just come to you. And Lord, uh, this world just seems crazy. And we can see uh, just a spiritual battle that's going on just for the hearts and for the minds of the people. And Father, we desire to, to be right with you. We desire not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would teach us, give us wisdom, <clears throat> insight, would sanctify us, Lord, and that we would um, just be used of you here, Lord, in this world. That we could have our heads on straight, our eyes on you, Lord, and um, just not sucked into just the deceitfulness. So, Father, give us strength and uh, teach us here tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, I've been teaching the book of Isaiah to the high school group. And chapters 41, 42, 43, and 44 have like this theme to it. There's some, so much in there. I had like about a half hour, so I can't get into it. So I'm just going to talk about one of the major themes. And it keeps repeating itself. And so the kids are probably like, we stop talking about that? It's talking about idols. Beware of idols. Don't worship false idols. And they get you nowhere. They have no power. And that's one of the themes. So I think that's what we're going to focus on mostly today. And talk about what are false idols. You probably had the discussion and how subtle it can be and sometimes ways we can follow false idols. So you're going to share with me. We've probably done this before, but so an idol, I kind of picture something that people turn to when they're stressed, when they need something, when they're hurting. It's just where we turn when we need something. That's kind of a picture an idol. And so you guys can think of ways where Christians and non-Christians... Where do we turn? And obviously, hopefully it's the Lord, but things other than the Lord. What do we or people turn to? So just go ahead and share. Food. Food. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Drugs. Right. Alcohol. Alcohol. Hobbies. 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 Bad Huge. habits. Hmm? Bad habits, like she said. Sometimes our work, being a workaholic, yeah, everything <coughs> that's above escaping time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Relationships. Relationships. Bad relationships. <laughs> could be bad. Could be good. <laughs> money. money. Mm -hmm. And along with money, money, power, right, mm -hmm. and position makes them feel good. Buying things and spending money like mm -hmm. you shouldn't. Having things. Yeah. Materialism. When you're <coughs> what else? We hit most of the majors, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Partying, like clubbing, or just being in a, some kind of a game. Maybe not necessarily like a beat em up game, but <laughs> you hang out yeah. with people, a group of people. You click. Yeah. <laughs> or also you withdraw and 
and you don't go with people. Some people do that. It's opposite. Okay, now here's the second question. What, why do we go to those things? Like, ultimately, what are we looking for when we go to those things? Comfort. Comfort. So comfort, like, almost like a peace, a joy type comfort or happiness? Escape. So we, we want to have peace. We don't want to have that turmoil? Yeah. Okay, what else? Um, identity. Like, you look for identity in, in certain things. To have value, yeah, that right? Is. Mm. That is huge in today's <clears throat> culture and millennials. They want to make a difference. They want to feel like they have a purpose. Huge. So to have a purpose, value, to be to have peace in your life, to get away from turmoil. Any other majors? Starts with L. <laughs> yeah, to be loved and accepted, right? Yeah. People turn to people that will accept them and love them. Because sometimes there are people, sometimes the people that we should be accepting and love, we don't, so they turn to other places. And so, here's a crazy thing, and we'll get more into idols, but when you turn to idols, they can't ultimately satisfy. But all those things that we talked about, love, acceptance, peace, they're all found in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, when you see people and they're doing crazy things, they're seeking what we all seek and what only the Lord can deliver. And so that's kind of a theme in Isaiah 41, 42, 43, 44. It's idols don't satisfy, but come to me. I can satisfy. I will protect you. I will do these things for you. And so we see that over and over and over I think. Okay, I want to throw this out. Here's another theme that I see. Okay, I'll read Isaiah 41:22. 41:22. So God is calling out to their idols, a challenge to them. So 41:22 says, "Present your case," says the Lord. Bring forth your strong reason says the king of Jacob. Let them bring forth and show us what will happen. Let them show us the former things, what they were, that they may consider them and know the latter end of them, or declare to us things to come. So God is challenging their God and saying, if you are a God, you should be able to declare what's going to happen in the future. I challenge you, where are you? Or where in the past have you predicted something will happen and it comes to pass? So that's what he says in 41, 21. And then chapter 42, 5, just the next chapter over, it says, Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk on it. So here God is declaring, and he does this a few times in these few chapters, I created everything. I created life. I created you. So the contrast between the false gods and the idols and the true God, who's the creator and who comforts you, who heals you, who forgives you. And then in Isaiah 42, 9, a little further down... God says, this is what I will do. Behold, 
The former things have come to pass. God is saying, I've predicted many things, and they have come true. And the and new things, I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And so God is saying, false gods can't make predictions. And God is declaring, you can trust my word, because I have made prophecy after prophecy that has come true. Amazing. Um, just the prophecies of Jesus. What, we'll just do this. If any of you can think of a prophecy that's been fulfilled, whether in Jesus or somewhere else, you can just share that. Oh, hmm. His birth. Yeah, his birth. Yeah. He, where he'd be born. Mm -hmm. Where he'd be born. Um, how he'd be crucified. Yeah, Psalm 22. Mm -hmm. Talks about how he'd be crucified, how people around him would mock him, how they would throw cast moths for his clothing, how they would spit on him, mock him. How did he come back to life three days later? Yeah, his resurrection. Yeah. Anything else? There's so many probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like 3, uh, incredible story. Um, God, in, in, just within the book of Isaiah, the book of Daniel, predicting kings that will rise. Oh, yeah. Cyrus. 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 Cyrus starts in chapter 44 and goes on. Incredible process. A hundred, over 100 years before the guy's born, mm -hmm. he calls out the guy by name and says, I will use Cyrus to deliver my people. Um, so there are predictions after predictions that come true. And for us, there's comfort in knowing that if God's word has come true every time, I can trust it. The promises he, the promises he makes to me I can trust those promises because God is faithful. In Ezekiel 36, 36, the prophecies of the rebirth of Israel, the land that would go from barrenness to just live green, incredible. My friend just came back from Israel and was telling me just how beautiful it is there. Ezekiel 37, the prophecy of the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And we see it happen in 1948. And so prophecy after prophecy just come true, they come true, and God is just saying, you can trust my word. Yeah. There's a million reasons why I trust my word, but one of the reasons is I declare things before they happen. <coughs> yeah. What's that? He's triumphant. Yes. Nehemiah. Yeah, Nehemiah. It just goes on and on. Mm -hmm. Okay, in Isaiah 43.9, same theme. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them to, can declare this and show us former things? And so he's like, who, what God has declared things and they've come to pass? So God keeps emphasizing that over and over. And so for you guys, it's a good thing to study fulfilled prophecies. When someone asks you, why do you believe? Just sharing that part. Because God declares it over and over in Isaiah. So therefore, it's probably kind of an important thing. <clears throat> All right. Where should I go next? <clears throat> Let me look at my time. Okay. I'm going to shorten this down way down. Because <laughs> I slipped in time and I realized we're running out of time. So let's go to Isaiah 44. <laughs> oh, I'm so much good stuff. <laughs> Wow. 
I'll just start reading this. Just the beauty, the Lord's promises. Jacob and Israel, the same person. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So when you hear Jacob, it's referring to Israel. Yet hear me now, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Just the idea that chosen of God. And we are also chosen of God. And that idea that God chose us. And sometimes we feel like losers or unworthy. But yet, in spite of that, God still chose us and loves us. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry grounds. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. Mm -hmm. They will um, they will spring up among the grass like willows in the water courses. Again, just the promise that God makes to Israel, and you see the blessing upon Israel. Um, God says, "I will bring you back." And just after they became a nation, they started just flooding back from Russia. I mean, and from every part of the world. Ethiopia. Yeah, Everywhere. just coming back and just the promise of God and the blessings. I can't remember the number, but Nobel Prizes. Israel is a very small portion, like population percentage of the world. But they, I think they have more Nobel Prizes than the rest of the world combined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They produce the most flowers all over too. Yeah. And just the technology that's coming out. They, you have Silicon Valley in California, they have something Better. even more powerful. Yeah. They're military um, too. So, just the blessings that you see that God promised upon them, and they are being fulfilled. Now, let me jump down. Just the goodness of the Lord is kind of what we're looking at. Now, when you go, if you go down to verse 9, that whole section is again <coughs> addressing idolatry. And just the foolishness of idolatry. I'm not going to get into that, but this is going to be our final topic, and we're going to end here. There is a kind of a philosophy that I think most people follow today, and sometimes we follow it. It's a pragmatic approach, pragmatism. <coughs> Basically, what it says is, if it works, then it's true. Mm -hmm. If it works for me. This must be truth. And I think a lot of us fall into that trap too. And I think that's why we're seeing what this world is going through now. Because we're not trusting God's word. We don't look at God's word. God has like been pushed kind of into the corner. And we see the world rejecting God. And what happens when you reject God? What happens when you reject his truth? All you're left with is yourself. And you think, oh, truth is, oh, this works. <coughs> now, there are examples where pragmatism works, and there's examples when it doesn't. Okay, I don't, let me just give you some of the things that I've found here. Let me example. There are people that teach church growth. How you get a big church. Some people say, you need the, this big stage, you need smoke and lights and dancing and all this stuff, and you will attract people. Does it work? 
Do people come? Yeah. Yeah. It does. So does that mean it's a good thing? Does that mean this is what God wants to do? Because that's a pragmatic approach that works, then it's good. No. Okay. Or, the same way, what if you had a church service, and every time you came, someone gave you a $50 gift card for a restaurant? Would you attract people? Yes. Yes, but is it God's way? No. No. So you can see how that approach, if it works, then it must be truth is not a good way to go. <clears throat> there are times where it does work, but there's times where it doesn't work. So you got to watch out. We have to go back to God's Word. Because mm-hmm. God's Word is truth. God's Word is where our foundation lies. And that's why God says, in my Word, I make predictions, and they come true. So you need to follow my Word. Now, do people follow different religions? And find some kind of satisfaction in them. Yeah. yeah. So for them, they're saying, "Well, I tried this and it works. It makes you know, I got good friends and my life is good." So the pragmatic approach say, "Okay, this religion's good." I don't believe they have the peace of Jesus Christ. I, I agree. Know. We're going to get to that. No, no, no. You're you're on a job. Okay. Here's another where example where you can see prag- the pragmatic approach doesn't work. You plant a seed in the ground. You water it, come back. Nothing. You water it. You do that maybe for <clears> 10 <throat> days and nothing. What are you going to say? Watering doesn't work. And you stop watering. And two days later, what happens? You see the plant start to sprout. Huh. Like, when I stopped watering, it grew. So I shouldn't water. Did you see the fallacy of that? Mm-hmm. Because that... Nine days when he was watering, it's growing underneath. There's something going on. Yeah, and just because you don't see it or experience it doesn't make it truth. Let's see what other examples. Suppose you're lost in the woods, and you're starving, and you try eating this plant, and you eat it, it's like, Woo, this makes me feel good. <laughs> this mushroom is like really tasty. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Does that mean it's a good thing? No. no. Not when you're addicted to it or you're hallucinating and going crazy, right? <laughs> so that's the problem with pragmatism. It might seem like a good thing, but you don't know the end. And so I think that's what happens... Um, just in society. You know, this person feels born a man, but they feel like a woman. So when they act like a woman, they, it makes them feel better, right? So they're saying, we should let them act like a woman. But the question is, and it goes back to what you said, just like that plant we watered, we didn't see something happening, and then we stopped watering, and also it grew, you can come to false conclusions. Is that truly going to be helpful to the person 20, 30 years down the line? No. Are they truly going to be at peace? No. No. The person who finally is marrying their homosexual partner, they're happy. All right, I have this freedom. But 20 years down the line, do they truly have the peace they're searching for? And so that's the question. So that's the problem with pragmatism. We look at the now. We look at our feelings. And we don't see the truth. It seems good, but just like that plant I ate felt good, now I'm addicted. Just like alcohol made a person feel good, now they're an alcoholic. So just because it feels good or seems good doesn't make it truth. 
And as Christians, we fall into this trap, don't we? We go by our feelings. I pray 20 times and praying just doesn't work. That's not based on truth. That's based on my experience. So we need to be careful about what we base our decisions on, what our foundation is. It must be on the truth of God's Word. Not by our experience, what we see, what we feel. A negative um, negative aspect that non-Christians say, well, Christianity's bad because it makes people feel guilty, it makes people commit suicide, um, it makes people depressed because they didn't experience Christianity. They experienced religion. They went and they heard, oh, you're a sinner, you got to change your life. But I tried to change my life, but I can't change. So Christianity doesn't work. And so the Bible gets a bad name because they went by their experience and not God's truth. And so just my encouragement to you is think about the things you do, the decisions you make. Is it based on God's word and his promises or about how we feel or how, our, how it, we are experiencing at this moment? Just like that plant, you're watering it, you don't see anything for the longest time, doesn't mean that something's not happening. And we need to trust God's word. We need to have that foundation. If you don't have that, we have nothing. And we have this crazy world we live in where, I don't know, I'm just getting to the point where the word he and she are not going to be allowed to be used anymore, it seems like. Well, they're trying now like they're... There are schools where they're trying to get rid of it. There are schools where they tell teachers, don't use him, her, he, or she. Use scholar, student, because they might not be what they look like. And you get to all this... Craziness. HR and people just don't feel comfortable if you're like listen to a, a Christian song or if you say something mm-hmm. about that girl wasn't a lady and they're like, well, what? You know, who makes you like a male chauvinist? I'm gonna yeah. go to HR. It's like pretty crazy. It's like, yeah. but everybody is cursing, you know, and saying F this or GD this, and it's like, but that's <coughs> acceptable. But if you start talking about your Jesus stuff, <coughs> so I think, I mean, the yeah. the big thing for us is to understand. Where that's coming from. It's coming from a viewpoint of truth is what I feel. And that's why when you talk to someone, you kind of question where, did, how, what makes you, something true for you? And what's the foundation of their truth? Our foundation is the word, right? Yeah. Ask them what, and someone says, well, you're wrong. You can ask them, why am I wrong? What makes your truth better than my truth? And is it because you're smarter than I am and because you feel this way, your truth is better than my truth? And so, I don't know, I just, we have a battle, a spiritual battle going on in this world. And we need to be compassionate. We need to be loving in this battle, not fighting fights to win fights, but to love people. And we have to have an approach that's not, uh, I don't know how to like. Be as wise as serpents, but gentle as doves, right? We need to be wise, but too many people are just so harsh. We can bring truth without being harsh. I mean, truth is going to be offensive at times. That's mm-hmm. unavoidable. Um, just today, in my classroom, I don't know what came up, a student asked me, they said, do you think people are born gay? 
Oh, so like, oh. My head is like, should I answer this? <laughs> 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 Might be getting in trouble What's here. The but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just, I was interesting can't. too. I just shared. I just said, you know, I, I, I don't think people are born gay. I think people might be born with a higher. I'll, I'll say this. You know how some people are more can become alcoholics easier. Some people have a propensity for certain sins. More prone? Yeah. I think people might be more prone to that, but I think it's through circumstances they've gone through. And I just share with them, why is it that so many sexually abused kids become homosexual? Mm -hmm. Why is that? What's going on there? I shared with Johnny, shared um, guys that come from homes with a very dominant mom and a passive father. Not always, but there's a higher percentage of homosexuality. So I just threw those out and just said told them, you know, I um, I don't believe we're born that way, but through circumstances, um, that can happen. And I also just share with them, it doesn't mean that we don't love them, just because you don't agree with them. And what was weird, there's like five or six people started clapping. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was like, interesting. So there's this battle going on. People know truth, but it's being suppressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just this morning, when I was in the teacher's meeting, um, a group of students came from the Gay-Straight Alliance, and they wanted to start a campaign, and every classroom they want teachers to post a safe zone. Safe zone. Um, they post their safe zone, which I believe classrooms should be a safe zone, but I'm not going to post it because the implications beyond that. Because um, their safe zone means you can't say, I think this is wrong. Right because you're being a hater. Mm-hmm. And so when the kids ask me, I'll just say, you know, my classroom is a safe zone. You're not allowed to make fun of people. Right. You're not allowed to be mean. I don't need to post that. And so, but there's this pressure for the world to conform. <clears throat> it's crazy what's going on in society. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you just, what's happening is a spiritual battle. And ultimately, we got to pray we got to be anointed. We've got to be in the word, ready to fight, and just love people. Um, for the kids, I just see them being brainwashed. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can be angry with them and mad at them, but for me, I just like, it's not fair. I don't like what's happening. So we need to, to love them and to share with them, be a light to them. And uh, you got to truly care. You got to truly care for them. All right, shall we close in prayer? Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, and I don't know, we want to just live a life that's devoted to you, Lord, and to not be drawn to our, the idols that we have in our lives. And so, Father, just help us to, to see those things. Father, to see where we're not trusting your word and that um, you would uh, just do that work in our hearts to, to cleanse us, transform us, Lord, where we put you number one, where we turn to you, Lord, for everything, for love, for peace, for that acceptance, Lord, and not to other things. And Lord, also help us to be just compassionate towards those who don't know you, who are searching for those same things in the wrong ways. 
Lord, that we can realize that they're longing for you and help us to be that witness. Help us to to have that compassion for them. And Father, that uh, this battle that's going on in this world, we could be your soldier to just make a difference. We thank you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.